Support for Switched On Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Charlie, it's good to be back. Wait, wait, who, who's that? Do you remember my voice? I know the voice. I just, I can't, I can't place, I can't place the face. No, no name with it either. It's not Jeff Goldblum. Oh, good. I, I have an, uh, a real aversion to him. <laughs> Charlie, it's me, Nate, ah! your erstwhile podcast partner. Yes, Nate, of course. Huh? It's been a while. Don't you remember all those times we listened to Adele and Carly Rae Jepsen together and waxed philosophical about their deeper meanings? It's been so long. I miss it. Well, I'm back, baby. Let's do it. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Since my absence, there's been an extraordinary amount of stellar pop music. Agreed. Uh, of which our humble show is only able to tackle a fraction. Yes. But there was one song that's been dominating the charts recently that is just so kind of out of left field that it seemed like one we had to talk about. This is a song by a band I'm sure everyone is familiar with, 21 Pilots. Nope, nope, no idea. You haven't heard of 21 Pilots. No, I'm just playing you. I definitely have heard of 21 Pilots, but I don't know if everybody has. I had never heard of them until I was perusing the Billboard Hot 100 charts, as I want to do, and noticed that they were number two. have to say, while on the outside, their hit song, Stressed Out, may not seem like much. I think if you delve into the layers of meaning within this song, it actually becomes a surprisingly potent political statement. Okay, how's that? Well, if you turn on CNN... It seems pretty clear that we're in a very interesting political moment right now. The middle class of this country for the last 40 years has been disappearing. It is true that the top 1% are doing great. And hardworking men and women are finding it just harder to make ends meet. To make the middle class mean something again. And lift the crushing burden of student debt. The American dream is dead. We're dying. We're dying. We need money. So today on Switched on Pop, feels good to say that again. Yes, sir. Let's discover the secret meanings of stressed out. 
I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang. I was told when I get older all my fears would shrink, but now I'm insecure and I care what people think. My name's blurry face and I care what you think. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the Well, what was your first reaction to this song, Charlie? My first reaction was kind of like a drawback to early 2000s, like bad rap, rock, <laughs> indie, whiny, emo <laughs> sound. I agree. My first impressions of the song were not particularly memorable. It seemed kind of simple, kind of nostalgic, uh, both in the sound, as you mentioned, and in the lyrics themselves. But then listening to this song on repeat and watching the this endless political news cycle, I think there's a strong case to be made that this song is really reflecting a very urgent political moment that we're having. Okay, and how would you describe that? Well, I, I mean, think about the, the rhetoric of some of the major candidates. They are appealing to people who feel disenfranchised, who feel... Uh, a post-industrial economic malaise. They're burdened with student debt and they're unable to find uh, sufficient or meaningful employment. And I think there's a real sense of dissatisfaction and anger and fear among the populace. Would you say this is right? I think that, that yeah, you could be a CNN news commentator, except for better than most. <laughs> I think you might be onto something because it reminds me of this NPR piece I read by Jacob Goldstein about how the music industry is reflecting the same inequality that we are seeing in America and that the top 1% of music earners have uh, more than doubled from 26% of ticket revenues to now to 56% of ticket revenues. Mm. There's more inequality in the actual pop industry. So, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. Oh, wow. So you're saying it's good. The, the pop industry is developing its own 1% and 99%? And perhaps that 21 Pilots, these uh, sort of underdogs on the charts, are kind of like these underdog candidates uh, trying to play to that moment of inequality. Ooh, okay. I'm, like, I'm, I'm liking what you're putting down here, Charlie. Uh, so let's, I think it's time. Let's, let's get into this song. Let's see what's happening and whether our theory has any merit here. So, so, so first, just tell me a little bit about, um, about Stressed Out and, and who these 21 Pilots are. Ah, yes. 21 Pilots consists of two young men from Ohio. Middle, middle of the country, Rust Belt. Yes, indeed. Their name references an Arthur Miller play called All My Sons. And they have been slowly working their way up to the charts. I mean, this song actually dropped about a year ago and is now just in the last few months just making its way into the top 10. Maybe this is just going way too far, but... Also, like these underdog candidates whose polling has gone from less than 5% to now 40% likelihood of winning their primaries. Charlie, you should know it's <laughs> never too far for me. I love it. This is, yeah, this is slow, slow burn pop success here. All right, all right. Underdogs making a, me a mega hit. So this song, Stressed Out, starts in a very nostalgic mood, right? It's constantly looking back to childhood, when things were better, when things were 
simpler when the world was full of hope and optimism. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. And now we're stressed out. I feel like if I weren't so much on your wavelength, I would just say that this is just another complaining millennial. Yeah, which I think is a legitimate interpretation. It was certainly mine at first until I went down this rabbit hole. Okay, what's down that rabbit hole? Well, I mean, what I think the line that really triggered it for me, and and, and it doesn't really stand out. It's kind of in a in buried in a flow of words, but at, at towards the end of the song, he says it would remind us of when nothing really mattered. Out of student loans and treehouse homes, we all would take the ladder. Out of student loans and treehouse homes, we all would take the ladder. Like, I'm not even sure if I noticed that at first, that this song references student loans, that a number two song on the U.S. pop charts mentioned student loans. I mean, I think that's probably unheard of. It's so literal. You could definitely bust this out at a campaign rally and people would get very fired up. Yeah. So, okay. So what you're saying is that he's not just a complaining millennial. He's actually speaking out about how he feels like he's just a cog in a money-making machine, one that he doesn't want to have to go out and make money in. Yes. And Charlie, you, you hit the nail on the head. The second half of this song suddenly becomes all about money. Hmm. I think you hmm. can argue that but when you get to the end of this song, a point that he's making is that money has basically destroyed his childhood. The need for money, the pursuit for money, the inability to get money. Hmm. This is the last line of the song, Wake Up, You Need to Make Money. Wake up, you need to make money. Yeah. Oof. It's, yeah, it's kind of brutal. So I think what's really cool about this tune is that it's he's not just representing his dissatisfaction uh, lyrically. He's also doing it through the construction of his rhyming and uh, his chord progressions. I, I couldn't agree more. How about I take the rhymes, you take the chords? Go ahead. Give me the rhymes. All right. Because when you said rhymes, I just like, I lit up because the, the beginning of the song, I, 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 I really dig it. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice that sang some better words. And right there we have, I think, the first clue that this is a song of kind of angsty protest. Right. Where even in this slant rhyme between heard and words that he sort of deliberately makes slightly off kilter, we feel maybe the narrator bucking up against the rigid, constricting ideology of capitalist society. <laughs> well, sorry, I got a little carried away there. <laughs> That's quite all right. It's all right. You are in the academy, so that's that's how it goes. <laughs> but if we continue, I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang. He doesn't rhyme. That's I know. It's a clever. It's like kind of clever, kind of slightly juvenile. But again, I love it because it seems to represent. This like unwillingness to to fit into the prescribed order 
maybe of of a pop song itself, which we can see perhaps as a microcosm of the commodification that capitalism subjects everything to. So you're saying that by rejecting a traditional rhyme scheme that you would expect in a top billboard hit, he is asserting his personal identity. He's saying that he doesn't want to be just another cog in the machine. Yes. And I mean, that's, in a, again, in a very cheeky way. But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stand by that. Well, I will support it. Good man. I think he doubles down in the actual chordal construction of this song. And I went really deep and kind of geeky here. So you're going to have to bear with me. Oh, geekier the better. So in that first verse where he says, I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. It's kind of like he's saying, I'm dissatisfied with uh, your typical pop song chord structure, right? Mm. And while there are things about this song which sound totally catchy, feels hooky, like I feel like I've kind of heard it before. Right. I had to investigate. And it turns out that the chord progression in this this song is actually pretty untraditional. In fact, he is finding chords in an order that is new. Whoa. Right? Okay, so here's what I did. I consulted a database of popular music called Hook Theory, where you can go in and insert the chord progression, and you can figure out what other songs use that same chord progression. They have a database of almost like 10,000 other popular songs. And the chord progression here... It sounds good enough, nothing too strange. But when I put this chord progression into the hook theory database, nothing else comes up. Interesting. Isn't that neat how he's he's basically taking something, making it sound like it fits in, but is actually kind of transgressive and different? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It belies uh, his his statement at the beginning of the song and uh, subtly asserts his own independence. All right. In the beginning of this song, he talks about his childhood. Right. And I think so often when we think about childhood in the American context now, I think about Disney and Nickelodeon, toys, consumer goods marketed to children. But instead, in this song, he talks about making handmade candles and choosing not to sell them. I'd make a candle out of it if I ever found it. Try to sell it, never sell out of it. I'd probably only sell one. And building craft tree houses. Whoa, yeah, he's uh, he's an artisan. He's an artisan who doesn't want to sell his labor. He doesn't want to have to go out and make money. Wow, yeah, he just wants to he just wants to create things for out of out of love and for the sake of doing it and instead they instantly become commodified. This is exciting. Support for Switched on Pop comes from Vibe Check. If you were an Intuit fan and you are missing Sam Sanders, then have no fear. He's back with another great pod called Vibe Check. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture from Elon Musk and foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup to Usher's Super Bowl halftime show. They check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. They're currently doing a series called Hey Sis, where they're highlighting the compelling stories of black women and their achievements. They're being joined by special guests Regina King, Audie Cornish, Raquel Willis, and more. 
VibeCheck is your favorite group chat come to life. You can join the weekly Kiki every Wednesday. Listen to and follow VibeCheck wherever you get your podcasts. Can't believe Sam made me say Kiki. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Before we completely go past the sort of more revolutionary ideas in this song, I do want to throw out another idea. Used to play pretend, give each other different names. We would build a rocket ship and then we fly far away. Used to dream of outer space, but now they're laughing at the face saying, wake up, you need to make money. Yeah. Is it too much to say that this is also possibly a reference to the Apollo program in a better period where we invested in crazy big ideas like going to outer space? Whoa, we used to dream of outer space. We used to try and put a man on the moon. You know, I'm glad you highlighted that line, too, because when the song goes, wake up, you need to make money, something surprising happens, right? We get this giant chorus of voices all yelling. Wake up, you need to make money. Yeah. It becomes a, a larger anthem. Yeah, that, that seems to be embodying all of the, the forces working against us, right? This collective voice shouting, no, you need to make money. But then maybe the narrator himself is like in the chorus trying to represent the other side of that. And it's, and it's interesting that his, his language turns to the first person plural there. He says, wish we could turn back time. And then, and that's a shift, we. He moves from the I of the first verse to we in the chorus. Oh. And there, and there is the sense of people coming together. I mean, the song almost has like a multiple personality disasso- disassociative identity thing going on. Right. I feel like there's so many characters in this song. There's this guy blurry face. There's blurry there's face. The rapper. Face. Yeah. There's this weird, uh, pitch down, spooky voice at the end. Right. There's all these different voices vying to be heard. Mm. And in a way, I feel like there is something, you know, galvanizing in that. Yeah. If you're listening carefully to the lyrics, it does feel like, yeah, this generation, because their fans, I mean, as far as I can tell, are mainly young people in their teens and 20s and they are pissed and they are maybe a little lost that's totally fair and maybe they don't feel like they, they don't have a sense of a future the future that they're that was promised in their childhood is now not materializing i think that that is a, a totally accurate representation of a current sentiment um a feeling of economic dissatisfaction and political disenfranchisement but you know how i said at the beginning this kind of feels like it could just be, you know, an obnoxious suburban kid complaining. <laughs> there is also that possibility. Well, I think there is more going on to this song, but I think it's drawing from a deeper history of music. Ooh, well, you know I love music history. All right. And when we come back, we're going to go into the history of class struggle and popular music and how 21 Pilots may be appropriating the sound from the roots of the 90s and even from the 60s and 70s. I eagerly await it. 
This episode of Switched On Pop is brought to you by Wix.com, which helps you make a beautiful website. And Nate and I thought we could take it for a spin to make a site for our duo mandolin banjo band that has a bunch of previously unreleased songs. Yeah, let's let's get our let's get our music out into the world. Okay, so we should make a website, but I think before we make a website, we probably need a band name, right? That's true. But how about how about we ask your wife Whitney what we should call our band? Yeah, she's full of good ideas. All right, I'm gonna ask Whitney. All right, go for it. Hey Whitney. Yeah. We need a band name. Do you have any ideas? Huh. Um, I don't know the the Brief Encounters. Um, we are officially the Brief Encounters. All right, let's roll with it. Let's see. Go to wix.com. So create a new site. Okay. Pick the website template you love. Okay, music. Okay. Let's see. Oh, these are cool. Oh, these are really music cool. Artist, jazz musician. All right. What's our What's our our style. How about let's, just the, the band. band? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, that's the one. All right, All right edit. So we'll edit it. Do we have? We need a. We need a, a band photo. Okay, so upload our photo. Okay. Then okay, so we can just change the band name. We can hit publish. It looks pretty incredible, if I do say so myself. Considering we made it in about four and a half minutes. <laughs> You can check out our band's basement tapes on Wix at switchedonpop.wix.com slash thebriefencounters. And you can create your own site at wix.com, that's wix.com, for free today. So, Charlie. Yeah. You're hearing this 21st century, potentially, protest anthem. Yeah. Harkening back to some earlier traditions of political pop music. Well, yeah. I think if we go back into what this song is really about. Yes. Economic disillusionment in post-industrial collapse. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's how we're <laughs> yeah. reading it. These themes have a deep history in black music, in hip-hop, in funk, and R&B. Indeed. And I think the way that this song uses rapping and in one sound in particular on the synthesizer is directly connecting to that history of music. Ah, okay. Okay. I'm with you. Keep going. Okay. Take a listen to this thing. Do you hear that weird high-pitched synthesizer? Yeah, I do. It makes me think of uh, the X-Files theme music or something. (laughs) Well, I actually think that they're pulling it from another source. I think that they're taking it directly from G-Funk, oh. right? This style of hip-hop from the early 90s that used big bass sounds, slow grooves, and this particular sound of the melodic Yeah, synth. okay, that's 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 probably more accurate. <laughs> and, and, and so this sound was pioneered by Dr. Dre. You can hear it in songs like NWA's Always Into Something. And then it's all over his hit album, The Chronic, on songs like Nothing But A G Thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, now I'm totally hearing the connection. Intentionally or not, that sound is coming from this history of music. So Dr. Dre and N.W.A. are rapping about themes of post-industrial terror. Oh, yeah. They're talking about inequality. And this is happening in music 25 years ago. Right. And what's amazing is that the historical roots don't end here. Let's keep going back. This is coming from a long tradition. In fact, 
And one interpretation of G-Funk is that it's a play on words of the band P-Funk, ah, George Clinton's Parliament Funkadelic. Yes. Did the roof off the mother sucker. Did the roof off. <laughs> the chronic is coded in samples of Parliament Funkadelic. Right. And in Parliament Funkadelic, we hear that same sort of synth sound created by the Moog synthesizer. For example, Dr. Dre samples the song Aqua Boogie, on which Bernie Worrell is all over that synth sound. Psycho, disco, <laughs> alpha, beta, bio, aqua, doo I think at this point, it's important to remind folks that you had a band called Function with a K. I don't know if that's entirely necessary, but I guess it can't hurt. I want to continue with my musical history because this sound of the synth tied to themes of class struggle are, I think, best represented in Stevie Wonder's Living for the City. It's far the worst. Some days for 14 hours. And you can bet he barely makes a dollar. His mother goes to scrub the floors for me. And you best believe she hardly gets a pity. Oh, one of my favorite, yes. And here you're, you are getting that funk sound created by the synthesizer, that Moog synthesizer. And he's talking about the same themes of economic disillusionment and class struggle that we hear in NWA and eventually in 21 Pilots. Yeah, and I mean, I know that song so well, and I've, I've never quite thought about it this way before, but that is such a striking synthesizer sound that he uses. Right. Thinking now about the, the use of that, I wonder if it's if it's because um, it sort of uh, it reinforces the kind of alienation and marginalization that the song is talking about with this very strange and sort of foreign sound and and not really a, a natural sound. Hmm. Something, I mean, something certainly certainly beautiful to listen to, but slightly unnerving. Maybe that captures the the sense of of not not belonging to to you know the uh, the American dream that these artists were feeling. I buy it. And when we first dove into 21 Pilots stressed out, we both agreed that it was a unique sounding song on the charts, but I really do think that this sound of the synthesizer, these themes of alienation are entirely appropriated from earlier music, from hip hop to funk R&B. Yeah, that's interesting. You listen to this song by two young white middle class performers that I could only describe upon first hearing it as emo hip hop indie reggae rock or something. And I didn't really think about the the potential valences of that, but I, I I'm I'm pretty convinced by your argument. And you know, it's interesting as the uh, the the economic trouble that our nation is in uh, starts to work its way sort of up further up the the income bracket starting to squeeze the middle class too uh, perhaps artists from that group are starting to use the the tools of communities that have been experiencing that squeeze for a long time in order to express themselves I think that's what we're hearing well, at least in our inter- incredibly stretched out interpretation. To, to quote Bootsy Collins, 
the bass player of P Funk stretched out like a rubber band. <laughs> Bring it back for me. Okay. I think maybe we can further corroborate our thesis by moving across the aisle. Okay. Traveling a little further down the pop charts. Let's see if we can't identify some more right-wing manifestations of the same kind of ennui that we were detecting in the 21 Pilots Stressed Out. Right. So I would expect to hear maybe more themes of radical individuality, personal responsibility, and sort of entrepreneurial efforts to overcome economic stress. I totally agree. That rhetoric sounds so familiar to me. Making it on your own, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, no social safety net. I have mine and you have yours. So what are you hearing on the charts which reflects this sound? Well, you know, it's, we don't have to go very far to find Me, Myself, and I by g Easy. It's just me, myself, and I Solo ride until I die Cause I got me for life g Easy. g Easy. Okay. Is that is that easy spelled with a Z? Oh my gosh, really? Three, two, one. What's your answer? Yes. Yes, you're absolutely, of course it is. Wow, that is just like straight appropriation of NWA. Like easy E plus G funk equals G easy. Well, he's not the only white rapper we're going to encounter because if we go just a little further down, we come across someone probably familiar to us who we haven't thought about in a while, Iggy Azalea and her song Team. Just as 21 Pilots appropriated the language of hip-hop to express their political dissatisfaction, perhaps we can find g Easy and Iggy Azalea using hip-hop to do the same, but in a, a much less sort of collective way and in a much more radically individual way. <laughs> it's just me, myself, and I. Solo ride until I die because I got me for life. <laughs> And then we move over to team, and you listen, you hear the title of this song, you think, oh, this is a song about teamwork and doing it together. Right. <laughs> but no, baby, I got me, baby, I got me, and that's all I need. Yeah, that's all I need. Baby, I got me, only friend I need playing on my team. Wow. And if you can picture hearing stressed out at a Democratic rally, I mean, this could be the perfect soundtrack to a Republican rally. I mean, this is this is small government all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of ridiculous, but it's also really fascinating how uh, these larger themes happening in society are being reflected in our pop music. I mean, pop music is a reflection of national sentiment, right? It's supposed to resonate with the most amount of people. So I, it's not that surprising that it would be pulling out some of these themes. What I love about pop music is that on the surface, it's one thing, and in its inner machinery, it can be something completely different. Definitely. <laughs> well, that, what you just said, is exactly why we keep doing what we do. Thank you for listening to Switched on Pop. This episode was produced really in a collectivist effort. We reached out on Twitter. Lots of people gave us suggestions of songs that deal with issues of class struggle and political disillusionment. We'll post a Spotify playlist on our website. 
We also got help by our great contributors, uh, Pergo, Susan, and Mike. Um, and it was just really great to all work together to make this thing happen. Wow. My opponent could not have it more wrong. This episode was produced by me, myself, and I. I did it all by myself. No one helped me, and no one's ever gonna. <laughs> well, if you keep giving that hard liner, you're going to be all on your own one day. <laughs> we'll see. While Nate is on his soapbox, if you've got some spare time, you can always go find past episodes of Switched on Pop on our website, switchedonpop.com. You can also find us on Twitter, at Switched on Pop. We love to talk with you. And um, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, thanks for listening. Peace out. Support for Switched on Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called Vibe Check. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.